Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we have a really special guest, uh, somebody who you just meet along the way, but she's a three-time world champion for martial arts. So I can't wait to talk about her. We're going to talk about the martial arts, but we're also going to talk about you know, mindset and leadership. Laura Armstrong. Laura, how are you doing this morning? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me today, David. You know, you and I have been friends for a while now, and it's just, you know, there's so many levels of collaboration that we can be doing, and I, I was so happy that you asked me to come on your show today, because I think it's a great podcast, and if you're not listening to it, then you should be telling friends about it, and uh, get on there, and, and get the wisdom, you know, of the guests that you have, like, it's great. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, so, well, we could start off. So, what I'd love to hear is, obviously, peace and joy, but the warrior mentality, the warrior mentality needs to also have that peace and love into it. How would you explain that for, for people? Well, you know, like for me, it's been a really interesting journey because because I started in martial arts so young, I was all about the hurt, right? Like the competition, um, the sparring, winning. Um, I mean, I'm still about that. But I didn't understand that the yin and yang symbol has two sides for a reason, Right. So I never, I was lucky enough never to get injured until probably about 15 to 20 years into my career. And that's just because my body was aging, right? Um, So then I had to start practicing yoga, meditation, Tai Chi. Um, I got into holistic work, um, you know, and that works on all four levels of the body, Um, you know, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Um, And, you know, it was really interesting because I was brought up in a Catholic Uh, religion and we weren't super strict about it but you know we went to Sunday school and as you grow in martial arts you expand right you expand on all levels and so you realize that the internal practice changes you physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually so I wasn't so much that religious that religious upbringing didn't have such a you know such an influence on me as seeing the bigger picture of how we all need to get along in this world and why Right. Um, and and how we can do that by learning to deescalate, by not losing patience with people, by having empathy, by building your confidence and being a leader. Because right now, right now, the world needs more leaders who are willing to help build more leaders. Right. That's what we need right now. Yeah. Le- leadership is huge. And we need more people who really stand up, not just say the leadership. Right. So how do you how do you get into leadership? So you know, just the, the, because you're definitely an expert in leadership. Gosh, you know, like, it's interesting when you say that word expert, right? Like, so I remember when I was first getting promoted in martial arts. So I do two different arts. The first one's Aikido, which is the Japanese art of self-defense. So that was really my peace and love side. And then the other art was Filipino martial arts, which was weapons-based. So it was impact and edge weapons and hand-to-hand combat. So it's far more like the bring a bat side, right? Um, So it was more aggressive, right? So I had both sides and I was lucky enough over the 30 years, 30 plus years of been training 
to have that balance, but I never realized what it was, you know, as, until I got older, right? My body is like, yeah, you're not doing those kicks anymore, right? You're getting too old. Um, so, so I feel like when I got started in the martial arts, I, I was, uh, I had won um, some provincial titles in bodybuilding and powerlifting and it, I had been scouted by people. And at the end of the competition, when I won, they, I had a few guys come out and say, look, we want to take you to an international level, um, but you're going to have to take the drugs, right? Because at that time, steroids was just a part of the culture of bodybuilding and powerlifting. And you just took it because you wanted enhanced strength and enhanced, you know, um, enhanced power. And, you know, I worked out in a gym where, you know, people like Ben Johnson and uh, a lot of those other high influential names worked out, a lot of Olympic athletes, and they, they got caught, right? And so, but it never felt right for me as a woman, because a lot of that stuff is not reversible on a woman. Once you take it, you can't get that out of your body, right? So I decided to take another path. I said, no, thank you. Um, I think I was probably 18 at the time, maybe 19. And I started taking this continuing education course in the evening for Aikido. And now I always wanted to do martial arts because I was like young. I was at that kick-ass stage, right? <laughs> so I go in and I take this uh, Aikido. It's like an eight-week course, right? And so, of course, we go through the class. We're doing stances. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so boring. When are we going to get to the kicking and punching, right? <laughs> so at the end of the class, the teacher's like, does anybody have any questions? Of course, my hand goes up, right? She goes, yeah. I said, well, when are we going to do the kicking and punching? Like, that's what I'm here for, right? And so she then goes into this long explanation about Aikido and how it's, you know, um, the martial art of self-defense and you step off the line and de-escalation. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so boring, right? I'm looking here to kick ass, right? But there was something about what we were doing that really twigged my interest about using your center and moving from the center of things, which is something we need to do every day in life as a principal. Um, so I kept coming back. I don't know why. And eventually she asked me to join her dojo. This was, you have at that time you had to be asked, you just couldn't show up at the door. So I started training in that. Um, and a couple of years in, I, you know, it wasn't feeding my competition. So I'd heard through, um, another friend about a school for weapons, which I was always fascinated about. And so I went and joined this school and that, you know, 35 years later, you know, I trained with them, um, on, uh, I competed, um, I trained, I went to the, I take my students to the Philippines every year to train with my teachers there. I just lost another one the other day. Um, you know, they're in their eighties now, right? So it'll probably be one more trip and that's it. Um, so that's kind of how I got started into it. But, you know, as I get older and I mature in my life, I feel like those learnings vibrate out into every other part of the life that I do. And I've realized you know, when COVID hit, I was like, you know, as a holistic practitioner, that kind of shut down. I couldn't see my clients. I couldn't teach courses. And I'm like, wait, my, you know, my girlfriend's like, yeah, but you teach leadership. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I was leading my students. You know, uh, I was, I would have a, a successful school. I would show up. I would teach because you're teaching, you're leading Laura. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. But you know, when you do something every day, you don't think of it like that, right? So then when COVID happened, I'm like, well, how can I apply this to business principles? Because this is important for people to know. And so I started to create this leadership um, program that would help people. And I could always use the analogy of how I did it in martial arts 
how I brought my students to world champion status and how they brought their students to world champion status. And, and then, you know, then you're doing one of the hardest things out there to do, and that's called creating a legacy, right? And so how can we get people to do that in the world today? So that's a little bit about the backstory. I mean, there's tons of stories, but yeah, that's the general outline. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, it's not just one story and then, no, that's it, we're done. Uh, you know, yeah, right. a book has many chapters. And, you know, one of those things is also by showing up. You could be the change. And that's what we were talking about earlier uh, before we started recording is really being the change is if you're the change and then you teach me or we work together, it's that building that bigger piece and that bigger community. So as you started building at 18, your your career in martial arts and learning more and more. And again, you know, you say the bring the bat moment. That's not really the violence, right? It's all about finding those boundaries. And I guess that was the first lesson you learned is you wanted to come out and kick some ass. But in in reality, they're like, no, you got to learn how to defend yourself because if you just go one way, you have to find that balance. How do you find balance? How do you find balance then? And what do you do now? You know, um, when I was younger, honestly, I didn't care about balance. Like, you know, I, I was the world's your oyster and, I probably stepped on a lot of people. I, you know, I was very aggressive and assertive and a lot of people were uncomfortable with that because, you know, the one thing about my parents is they never held me back. They were always like, you go out and you change the world. Right. Like, you know, and I'm like, great. Right. And they kind of let me go on my own path. I mean, they were always there for me if I needed them, Um, but there was never, you know, a restriction. Right. And um, that's one of the things that I always valued about them. I probably should have had a little more reigning in. Um, but, you know, peace for me comes from within. I had a lot of horrible things happen to me as a child. Um, you know, my parents were divorced at a very young age. Things happened that were horrible, um, you know, from my real family, my real father and stuff like that. And I never found out about these things till later in life. So I think that Every, you know, we find peace in the everyday things, showing up every day, doing the work on yourself, because really no one can do that work for you. Honestly, like that's it. And, you know, I kind of had this realization, you know, when I, when I won my first championship, I realized that I never would have won it if I didn't invest in the rest of the team because they were invested in me. I would always get this when we really came together as a team and that stole money from all of us. And this was going on the whole trip. And while we were doing the competition, so we're all dealing with all this stress and I'm like, I'm not going to let this get in my way. Right. And I remember getting the ring and, um, and there was just this moment where I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for myself. Right. And I got in there and I won. Um, and I, and I thought, you know, we're only going to find peace within ourselves. No one else can give that to us, but we can use people. And I don't mean use in a bad way. We can collaborate. We can connect with people and use them and those who want to give and receive as people who can help us find that peace. Right. And we have to be willing to see what they have to offer. Cause if you're not willing to see it, you're wasting people's time. I mean, I remember this one story, my girlfriend, I was trying to lose weight. And my girlfriend's like, well, you should read this guy's book. And she's, she, and I I said, oh yeah. And so I read the book. I'm like, wow, that book was great. I got so many insights. She goes, Laura, I've been telling you about that book for a year. Right. And I think back to my students, you know, I would always encourage them to go out and train with other teachers. I was the home teacher, but go out. Like, I don't want clones of me walking around. Like, God forbid. Right. (laughs) So, you know, they would go out and they would learn it. And I say, okay, show me what you learned. Right. Like, so it could not only enhance what we're doing in the school, 
you know, as you do in life, but um, that they would also understand that they were developing who they are and having a lot of peace around that. It, you know, peace is not a state that we naturally have on this earth. Um, it's something we have to work towards. It's like joy. If you're happy or you're in joy, people are like, what's the matter with you? Are you on drugs? Right. So, but it, as human beings, that's our natural state. Right. And so we all should be working to achieve that peace and joy. That's where we naturally thrive. Right. And so that's that's what I think a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it's definitely you have to say it all has to start with you. It doesn't matter about those outside conditions. That's going to be the test. They're always going to test you uh, as to what is going to happen. But if you can control the inside, the outside matters a lot less. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, how you react under stress and how you react. Well, you know, are you reactive or are you um, uh, are you thinking about what you're doing before you're reacting? Right. Like, are you responding? Are you reacting? Or are you responding? That's what the word I'm looking for. And if you're responding, that means that you're more emotionally intelligent. You're spending the time thinking about it, considering all everyone involved and the consequences of what you're doing before you open your mouth. And that that takes practice, right? And, uh, you know, I was very reactive when I was younger. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately, it got me where I wanted to go. But unfortunately, I regret a lot of the things. Not in a bad way, but I'm like, if I could do it. But that comes with age, like I said. I mean, you know, we've all stepped in it at some point. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the, the things we learn. Uh, that, that's that cluberty piece that I always talk about is, you know, at some point you get to your life and it's better to learn it earlier, but not most of us don't, uh, right? We, we you know, Youth is wasted on the young, right, uh, is, is what they say, but we never try to get old. I mean, that's really what it is. I always tell people, I'm like Peter Pan, uh, you know, I don't like grown-ups. Uh, I never want to grow up because I don't, I don't like grown-ups. Uh, so, but it's one of those things that we learn along the way and we all had the Phoenix moments, the pieces where we think we couldn't get up I mean, it sounds like, you know, through your life, you had some Phoenix moments with the injuries. You know, you were, you were doing well in sports. You were doing well in your martial arts as you learned it. It gave you a piece at that time, a different piece than you have now, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as we grow older, um, a couple things about that. First of all, your boundaries are way better. I mean, I always had good boundaries, right? Because I was top out in martial arts and that, you know, rippled out to everything else I did. But, you know, I really choose my battles now, right? Like, you know, is that really, like, I think about what's my outcome here? Like, is it really worth my energy, right? So I save my energy for the things that I know that will create more, right? Um you know, I, you know, I have this discussion with my husband because, like, he, he's been in two marriages, and I still see it after 10 years. Like, we'll get in, an, you know, not an argument, a discussion, and he'll start raising his voice. And I'll look at him. I'm like, why are you raising your voice? We're talking about things. You don't need to yell at me. I'm right here. He'll come back to me, and it'll be something in his previous marriage where, he, marriage where he's having a reaction because that's how mm-hmm. he dealt with it. That's how he survived then, Right. So think about it. Every time somebody is pulling up something from your past, do you want to keep it? Do you want to react the same way? Or do you want to change the way you react? Because that could lead to a world of possibilities, right? It's not easy to do, but the first step is recognizing it and being conscious of it and having awareness about it. Yeah. So I, I think that's really important. 
Yeah, that, that, that's what really Clubbery is all, all about. It's really about recognizing what is triggering you, that if you know something that it, it's bothering you, then you have to deal with it. And you don't have to. I mean, people can go through life doing the same thing over and over again and pointing fingers at other people. But I, I chose for Clubbery, and I would suggest to everybody, to look inter- inside yourself because I feel so much better. Uh, you, you know, really, mentally, I can walk into a, do- a bunch of different situations and be, again, not reactive or reactive in a better way. As I always talk about, you can react. It's not a point about being reactive. It's how you react and how quickly are you reacting. So if you, you, know, you came on here and started yelling at me, which I know you wouldn't, but you know, if you came on yelling and I'd be like, whoa, you know, in the old days it might be like, hey, now we're bringing a bat. You know? But it, 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 it's, it's really amazing once you learn that inner peace for yourself, that really changes the game on every situation. So with your, with your leadership, uh, I know, you know we were talking earlier that you're going to be traveling the world. Uh, you're, you're, you're showing your – what are the basic uh, foundation of your leadership? So you, Yeah, you know, well, first of all, I live in Toronto where it's very cold, so I just decided I don't want to be in winter anymore. That's like the number one thing that's motivating me. Because after training 30 plus years, your body aches, right, in the cold. Uh, We're so happy when spring and summer come. We feel so much better. Um, So I want to feel like that all year round. So that's like the number one motivator. Um, And, you know, when, as COVID hit a couple of years ago, I'm like, okay, I need to change things. So, of course, like everyone else, I had to bring everything online. I created my courses. It took me about a year to create everything I wanted. And it's still growing. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be traveling around teaching, um, different things. I use a communication method, a methodology called bank. Um, and I'm one of their licensed trainers, uh, and coaches. So I go around teaching that to a lot of MLMs, a lot of organizations Mm -hmm. who want to have better communication because really at the basis of it, uh, including all the other stuff we're talking about, communication is at the base of everything. If you can't communicate effectively and recognize people's values, then you might be sending the wrong message, right? And so we want to learn how to do that effectively. So you're getting the most out of every conversation. And I'm not just talking business here. I'm talking about, I've seen this save people's marriages. It saved kids from suicide. Um, You know, so communication is a big part of leadership. Leadership is a huge subject. And, you know, When you said, I am a leadership expert because I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I have titles in my martial arts and I really struggled with that. I like, I'm a Reiki master. Like, what does the word master mean, right? And so you have to really be able to take those kind of things in context, not as a finality or that you've mastered something, but as a title, because most people need to see that to invest in you because they want to make sure that you put in the time and the effort, and you've got the experience they're looking for so that you're going to be giving something of value, right? So I I do, so a couple of my courses are DIY, so you can go in and you can take them. Some are interactive, uh, you know, year-long program. I'm setting up something for February down south because it's like warm there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also going to be um, a hybrid event. So it's going to be online and it's going to be, um, because some people just don't feel safe traveling yet, and I, I understand that. And it's going to be live as well. So, yeah, like, uh, I feel like leadership needs to be spread to the world. And the biggest thing that I notice is that a lot of people don't think they're leaders. 
They're like, well, I'm not a leader. I don't have people underneath me. I'm like, so what does leadership mean to you? Like, well, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you do, right? And once they start to think about it a little bit, they're like, well, you know, my one girlfriend, she was like, she took one of my leadership courses and she realized that she wanted to be the go-to person for what, like travel, Mm -hmm. she did travel. So she's like, well, I want to be the go-to person for like cruises, river cruises in Europe. And I'm like, so you want to be the leader? She goes, well, yeah, all the other vendors are calling me instead of other people. I'm like, that means you're a leader. If you're opening your mouth and you're talking to another human being, you are leading. I hate to tell you, but it's the truth, right? Because they're listening to you and you're listening to them, right? And so it's an exchange. And that's all leadership is. Now, leadership qualities um, are things for um, people who want to build their leadership. Things like confidence, things like um, empathy, um, building trust, you know, um, creating change management with you know within what we do, understanding the different ways that leadership affects people and how they can embrace it. It's easier than people think. And a lot of the time, all it comes down to, David, is just like you said, clearing out the stuff that doesn't serve us anymore and embracing the new stuff. And that's when leadership can really, really take hold. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetzky. Yeah, I, and th- you know that's the other part about leadership. People say, oh, I, I'm a leader, and they think it has one definition, and it doesn't. There's so many different ways to lead. There's, you know, so I, I call myself a servant leader, so I'm always trying to bring. I'm not looking for everybody to look, look for Uncle Dave to do stuff and, you know, lead. I want you to, I'm leading by example. Uh, you know, I, that's why I tell my stories that I have because I have not been perfect. I have not had that, you know, sunshine and unicorn life. And most of us haven't, (laughs) right, right. Most of us haven't, but how do we deal with it? Have I learned from everything that I've gone through all the positives as well as the negatives? That's a leader. That's a leader. Most importantly, in our own lives with our partners, as you were saying, Communication is the biggest thing. If you can't communicate with the people that who are supposed to love you, then you can't communicate with anybody and you're not a leader. You just want to be, you know, the beacon of light that they all follow. And that's okay also. That's a type of leadership as well. There's nothing wrong with it. But it depends on what type of leadership and that's that communication piece. So, you know, I really I stress very highly that everybody should always recalibrate when I use all my R's and we'll get to that later. But, you know, it, it really is all those pieces of understanding your partner and knowing and putting trust. Right. Leadership is part of trust. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, building trust is, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up because it's something that uh, you have to get really good at. And, uh, you know, as a holistic practitioner, it's really interesting because you have people who come to you for sessions, right? And they don't know you. You've come through a referral. You, they found you on the internet, however they found you, right? And it's always that first time they're a little bit nervous, right? And so how do you get past that, right? And the main thing in, uh, that I can offer to people as advice is ask questions, right? So start asking questions. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What's going on, right? And then as they're talking, I'll tell them something about myself. So you have to allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable. And that's where you can start to create the trust with what's going on, right? And you can literally see people visibly relax. So by the first session, they're still holding a little bit, but I'm like, how do you feel? Like, we'll have a conversation, right? 
And, you know, I would say my repeats are 94% or they used to be when I was doing a lot of sessions, right? Because they felt comfortable and there was that connection. So you have to get people, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to ask questions and really actively listen, like not just like hear what they're saying, but actively, uh-huh, I understand. Yep, I had that happen to you. This happened to me, right? And interact with them. So I really feel like building trust is, is the key to being a great leader and being integ- in integrity of that. Because we've seen a lot of leaders that aren't. You know when something feels good for you. <laughs> you know when you're not in integrity. I've done things that are not in integrity. I thought they were at the time, but the more I thought about it, the more it gave me that icky feeling. I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Like I made a lot of mistakes in my life, right? So that's, you know, leads me to the next thing, which is like, how do we judge ourselves, right? And how do we judge others because of that? So if, you know, we are experts at judging ourselves, we've been doing it since a very young age, we're taught that it's normal, and it's not. Um, But then, you know, we move into judging others, think of how you were as a kid, right, you would judge other kids just by the way they look without even knowing anything about them, and bullying and all the rest of it, right? So self judgment and judgment of others, if you can let that go, man, that's a huge piece of like relief, right? Uh, It's something I don't need to worry about anymore, right? And, you know, we all struggle, especially with ourselves, our body image, um, you know, how we act, you know, how we are in business, how we relate to family and other people. So, you know, if we can really move past those things, you can actually step into a lot of power you didn't realize you had and be the leader that you're looking to be. Yeah, that's the amazing part is once you can clean up those things and identify those, you really can find that greatness within you, as Les Brown says, but also lead and level up. Uh, it's all about leveling up. It's it's all about growth. Uh, that's where we really keep going. Is keep growing. So, what are you doing to keep growing? Obviously, you know you have not only all your experiences, but you're you're obviously traveling the world, uh, teaching. But are you still growing? Yeah, for sure. You know, the way I know that self-growth is happening is things are uncomfortable for me. Like I'm leaving for three months. That's really uncomfortable for me. Um, Even though, you know, I'm going to be in the warmth, but it's just like, I'm in my home. I've been in my home now for two years and I'm a, I am used to travel like two weeks out every month. So to now be home after a couple of years and, you know, I've, I've gone on a couple trips, but nothing like what I'm doing. So growth happens for me when I'm being uncomfortable. Right. And so And the other thing about that is when situations happen, looking at them and not good situations, okay, I always think, well, how can it get better? What else is possible here, right? Instead of going into that deep, dark, black hole, like, oh, what am I going to do now, right? Those are very different energies, right? And so I think if you can think about, you know, um, how you want to approach things and how, how uncomfortable you want to be if you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable you can have all the change you desire yeah well and that's the thing is you know i always you know being uncomfortable is not a bad thing it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good i will admit that but it also tells you that there's growth there's an opportunity for growth and when we're uncomfortable you know, I mean, think about it. Anything that we start at the beginning, we're not good at. If you want to be get get good at something, you have to be prepared to fail a bunch of times, uh, you know, or not succeed. Not necessarily fail, uh, not succeed in the level that you want. By having that bar, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's it's totally true. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> sorry, I got the frog in my throat. <clears> throat> um, 
when I would train with these really, I, I was very lucky to train with like world renowned masters, like when I trained. And I'd be like, oh man, you know, when am I going to get good at this? They're like, well, how many times have you done it? Well, you know, a few hundred. He says, when you hit 10,000, let me know. And then you're going to start to get a clue, you know, and it's kind of like when I got my first black belt, right? Like I was like, you, you work towards it. I mean, my first black belt took me nine years because in Aikido, it takes a long time to get a black belt, um, you know, and it was interesting because I realized I'd heard other people say it, but you really don't know anything, <laughs> you know, the basics, right? And then you're thrown in with the other black belts. So you're like, Ooh. I don't really know what I thought I knew. So there's always someone above you. There's always people that are going to be better than you. And you should be hanging out with those people because you are the sub of the five people that you hang out with the most. So if you want to level up, people hang up with hang out with people who are above your level because that's what's going to bring you up. Yep. I, I always say you cannot be the smartest person in the room. You could be among the smartest people of the room, but you have to learn from everybody and including the student who's just beginning. Because you have to remember where you've come from. That's why every now and then taking that one second to look back to where you've come from, to see where you are, to appreciate that journey. Absolutely. You know, and it is a journey. That's a good point. You know, it's not just a moment in time. It's ongoing, right? And it's fascinating because if I think about the things that I did years ago, like I would never do that stuff today. Like it's just craziness, right? Um, but I feel like if I didn't do that stuff, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I embrace all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the joyful, all of it. Right. And sometimes there's a lot attached with the bad stuff. Right. And so you gotta, you gotta let go what's not serving you and take the lessons that you can and move forward with it because that's what other people are looking for from you. What have you learned that can contribute to me? Right. And always have a mentor. I have mentors right? You can never be high enough or big enough to not have someone who's, who can be someone that you can lean on and, and get advice from. Like, I think that that's really, really important too. Yeah. And, you know, I learned that the most this year to find the right mentors and really to embrace mentorship, not only the mentorship that I offer, but also getting mentored because I really needed to know all the things I didn't, uh, you know, this was also a growth year for me this past year yeah. was really learning to what, hey, if you're not good at that, stop trying it. it. You know, it's an opportunity for you to learn. That doesn't mean you should just give up on things, but learn from the masters. You know, as it sounds like, you know, you had when you went to the Philippines, you know, so you didn't just go, oh, I'm going to read a book and I'll learn it all. Or I'll, right. I'll look for yeah. the local person who's going to give me a level of knowledge. You said, I'm going to go find the best people that who, and it doesn't have to be the best, you know, somebody a level higher than you are. So you can learn more and grow with that. Yeah. Like that's, you know, it gets me to think about the teacher I just lost a couple of days ago. You know, I, I take my students over to the Philippines every few years. I'm probably going to go one more time because I've still got two or three teachers left. And I remember seeing this teacher, I hadn't seen him for close to 15 years. I couldn't find him. Sometimes you just can't find them if they want to disappear. And he, I realized he told me where he was and he was, you know, all over the world and doing this and that. And, and we, you know, when we got back together and I saw him the last time, I think it was a few years ago, 2016 or something, 18 or something. And it was like no time had gone by. 
And that's like, that's when, you know, you have the true teacher. Like they don't care what you look like. They're your family, no matter where you are in the world. And, you know, when I lost him, it was like losing a father because I mean, he never, he would always ask me about my teacher who I didn't get along with, but I made peace with um, who died a few years ago as, you know, as well. Right. So everybody's not, everybody's like immortal. (laughs) So like what, what kind of, impact do you want to make on the world and how much do you want to hold on to right like life is short and you know i'm 55 now right and i'm moving into my late 50s and my early 60s these are probably the best years of my life because i know what i'm willing to tolerate and what i'm not willing to tolerate and i'm willing to have a lot more space for people right like i teach a vip program um a business through one of my friends and i only teach the vip students um, because they have higher expectations. They've paid money. They expect you to behave in a certain way. And some of these people haven't paced. And so you cannot lose patience with them, right? And they get frustrated themselves. And, you know, I see it all the time, not just in the VIP people, but in life. I'm like, stop getting frustrated. Take your time. You're new at this. And again, it comes back to that self-judgment. So whether you're training on the matter, you're learning computer skills, or you're moving through your day daily, you know, what is possible is the thing that you should be asking yourself, because that's going to invite in all sorts of opportunities. And that's what I want for everybody. That's beautiful. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is what do you want? Um, where's your level? And where do you want to be? Uh, you know, I think we should always keep growing no matter what we do. And that doesn't mean uh, in any sort of way. Figure out what, what's growth for you. Take on a new topic. Uh, you know, I just saw somebody uh, put on Facebook, somebody who I'm friends with, uh, is turning 50 this year. And she was like, I want to do 50 new things and or, or, or 50 opportunities. And uh, my, my friend George did that at 40. And, you know, there's lots of different things that you could do, set goals. You know, that's the important part is, so what goals do you have for, for yourself? Yeah, so I have monetary goals this year. It's a big one. Um, so, um, and it, it probably has a multiple M behind it. Um, so I'm on my way to that. I, you know, you do have to create a plan for those things. I'm not a big planner. Um, I'm kind of more like jump off the cliff and see if there's water kind of gal. Um, so it's really forced me to step into my blueprint, which is where I need the plan and processes and timeline around things. Um, so that's coming up for me. Uh, so that's one of my plans for this year. Um, I do a lot of speaking gigs now. I, I'm happy to increase that. It's just kind of iffy with the way the world is right now. So if I do great, if I don't, that's okay too. Um, I rather just, you know, I can do, I do a lot of online speaking as well. Um, And then, you know, getting leadership out to the world. And, you know, I'm also working in corporate, which is a very interesting thing um, because I worked in corporate for 21 years as a commodities trader. I was the only woman on the trading desk and it was a very toxic environment. And so one of my passions is to bring that communication piece into environments like that and change the dynamic around it, right? How te- how leaders communicate with their teams, because it's in a lot of companies, it's so inbred, it's hard to get it out of that culture out of it. But if you look at startup companies, they're the ones who get it. Yep. They understand. They understand hybrid. They understand how to deal with their employees They've done the research. They're willing and open to understand. What if you could understand how each of your employees worked? Wouldn't you want that? Right? And be able to speak to that. 
Can you imagine how satisfied your employees would be? So I'm doing a lot of work with that in corporate as well. And that's international. That's around the world. And and then, you know, it's just so my goals for this year are to expand what I'm already doing. I also need to get in. um, I'm hiring a social media marketing person. It's way overdue. I just don't have time for it, nor do I like doing it because <laughs> it's, it's not my genius, right? Like it's not, it's not where I want to spend my energy. Um, so I need someone who, who will do all that stuff for me and partner with me on that. Right. And so I think I have a good, so that was one of my goals and I wanted to make that happen in January and that's happening. So, and I, you know, I really kind of had this awareness about vision boarding lately. I mean, I know it's been out there forever, uh, but it was interesting because there's one lady who I know who I'm good friends with and she's a marketer. She goes, no, she goes, you can vision board all you want, but unless you put your face on a vision board on those things, it's not going to happen to you, right? Okay. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And she's like, everything I did last year that I put on my board and my face, a picture of me was on it, it happened. See, right? see and, and I so, go, I, you know, with the vision board, I, I have vision boards also. And I I, yeah. I I never believed it. You know, a lot of these holistic things, I didn't believe uh, until right. I do. Uh, but... The vision board, uh, I say, I don't care what you put on your vision board, but if there's no action around it, you still need. The universe is not going to provide. So if you put pictures of dollars on it and you just sit home and watch TV, that's not the way to do it. Uh, (laughs) If you see the dollars and you're willing to work for it, the universe will reward you. And I I really believe that it's, you know, growth years and, and building and having those goals and it's okay not to make all of your goals because that's where yeah. the growth is come, comes into it. Why didn't you make your goals? Was it obtainable yeah. or was it maybe too too far now? That doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It just means a now. Yeah, you have to, you're right. You have to be realistic about it. And my one big goal for this year is to retire my husband. Um, I, he works hard. He's done it for a long time. He's in his 60s. I like to retire him out. Um, so, and I don't see any reason why it can't happen. So that's like a big goal for me this year. Um, so that's beautiful. I'm, I'm pretty motivated. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, that, that's, yeah. that's beautiful, but it's, it's a goal that really, while you can gift that to your husband, uh, you know, it, it's something not for you. You, you know, it really right. is, you know, your, your work is not, you know, only being again, to me, that's a servant leader is the work that I do doesn't have to directly impact me, but it has to be impactful for the world or the community. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've always felt like everything we do ripples out into the world. And, you know, sometimes you never hear about that stuff, right? You just do your stuff and you hope somebody gets it, right? And and then years later, like, I remember having this lady come back to me probably 10 years after I taught a class and she's like, I just want you to know that class changed my life. And then she'd go on to tell me her story. And I'm like, floored. Like I spend 40 minutes with this lady, like I'm not just her, but in the class. Right. And, you know, she got what she needed to hear. Right. So you just, you know, people are watching. So don't think that your message is not being heard just because you're not getting the likes, the responses, the smiley faces or the, you know, anything. Right. People are watching you. So make sure that what you're showing the world feels good for you is going to create the change you're looking for and is going to add value to everyone else. Well, yeah, no, that's the most important part. And that's how I usually end my episodes is by saying about planting the seeds. But before I do that, uh, you did mention the word ripple and we've used a lot of R words, as you know, 
uh, R words are my favorite because there's always an R in your heart. Uh, do you have a special R word? I think it would be reinvest because I think that sometimes we've lost faith in ourselves. So what I, I would urge you to reinvest in yourself, spend the time to find out, you confirm what your why is, take some time for that, take a look at that and why it resonates with you. And sometimes we can lose that path. And I don't want anybody to lose their path. Your path can change. But make sure that you're reinvesting in yourself and the people around you. Make sure they're worth your time. Make sure that you've got some outcomes there. And make sure that you're creating the difference in the world that you're looking to make. So if you've lost your way, there's no one who says that you can't get back on track. So reinvest in yourself. And spend the time getting to know who you are and what you want instead of what others expect of you. And you will just, there's no limit to what you can do, right? So that's what I would say. Reinvest in yourself. It's a beautiful R. It, it definitely is. And you, you know, said a bunch of other R's as, it, as well as a ripple. Right. But uh, so the story that you were saying to right before about how that person, you don't know where the seed's going to plant. Uh, you've given us lots of gems over the day. Could you, well, uh, seeds would you like to plant today that might grow in some of the listeners' ears either immediately or in the future? Be like, oh, I, I remember Laura mentioned something. Yeah, I don't know who needs to hear it, but you need to know that you're enough. And I know people say that a lot. But the fact of the matter is, until you clear your own shit, and that's my French, you can't, you can't help other people, right? So take the time and invest in yourself. And know that you are enough. And it doesn't matter what other people think. And it may take you some time to get to that place. Right? And the other thing that I want to say is remember to respond and not react. And I talked about this earlier. Because that's going to allow you to find out how centered you are. It's going to allow you to have the peace and the joy that you're looking for. And it's going to allow you to have perspective on how you deal with life, not just other people, but how you look at things. Instead of it being one way, you're going to have a more open mind about things and see the possibilities of what could be. That's awesome. So how would everybody want to reach you? We'll, we'll put it in the notes, but I also want to let you tell us how we can reach and contact sure, you. Sure, yeah. So you can check me out at leadershipwithlaura.com. Uh, you can reach me by email at laura at leadershipwithlaura.com. I have a amazing leadership warriors, uh, leaders of distinction um, workshop happening in Destin, Florida this year. We're going to do both virtual and online. Um, that's happening from Feb 5th to 27th. I'll send you the link, David, and you can post it up. Um, there's early bird pricing right now, so don't miss out on it. I know a lot's going on in the world. So not everybody's comfortable with traveling. Um, but I love the sun <laughs> the work, so I'll be there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great event. Um, I've included a lot of great things in it. Um, so, so that's going on. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the link to post. Um, you can also reach me on Twitter, um, you know, and, um, and Instagram as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate uh, the knowledge you gave us and, and the thoughts about leadership uh, we could have so many different conversations. Obviously, this just scratches the surface, and uh, maybe we'll have you back uh, after your your world tour and <laughs> the Laurel right. World Tour. Uh, so, everybody else, I want to make sure that you do understand peace and love, and we understand what that means for us. And I hope you achieve that in your lives. And when you need to bring a bat, again, nonviolent, 
we want to make sure that you found your boundaries, you use your boundaries, and you know your non-negotiables. Thank you so much and have a great day. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.